This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sharp Tongue Podcast. Beep, 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 beep. You're listening to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse May Peluso. It's a personal look. Well, it's not really a look because it's a podcast. I'm already fucking this up. This is kind of like a verbal comedy diary, a deep look into the crevices of my mind. It's going to get dirty. You might cry. You'll probably laugh. Hopefully you'll laugh. The whole point is for you to laugh, but you also might cry. I talk about my family. I talk about farts. farts. I talk about love, loss, comedy, how hard it is to make it in this biz. I'm a fucking professional. I talk about my dog sometimes. Each week it's something different. Sometimes I have a guest host. Sometimes it's going to be a movie companion episode. Sometimes I just ramble about the bullshit I dealt with the week before. You never know what you're going to get. It's raw, uncut, and funny. It's me. Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy holidays. However you celebrate it. It's Christmas for me. This is the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I am your girl, Jessie Mae, in your ear, holiday cheer, bringing it to you from my rear. <laughs> I just got off a great weekend in San Diego, Wiles, Vagina, San Diego, at the American Comedy Company. Thank you for everybody who came out. A couple girls whom I met on my USO tour last year during the holiday season came out because there are many military personnel. Uh, here in San Diego. So thank you. Shout out to those two lovely girls. Actually, there was a bunch of female military in the audience this weekend, and that just felt really cool. And uh, and and men. All around, it's amazing. But as a female, I, I respect women in the military. I connect with that. And I just want to thank all the military families and military personnel, all of our troops that are working hard, keeping us safe, doing amazing work, domestically and overseas i appreciate you and i appreciate you guys coming out to support the comedy show while you're here while you're here in san diego i appreciate it so shout out to you guys it is christmas eve holy shit how did that happen just a year ago i was in where where the hell iraq i think i was there for christmas eve or maybe kandahar I don't know where the hell I was. Is that the same place? I'm so exhausted right now. (laughs) My geography is terrible. I can't, I really cannot believe how fast this year went by. I know everybody probably says that, but I truly feel like it, it went by like a flash and it, it was a crazy year for me dealing with grief and trying to maintain my charisma on stage and my desire and willpower to be funny so hopefully I inspired you guys let you know that 
even through hardships, you can continue doing what you do. And I've had a lot of people reach out to me. A lot of my fans send me messages about how I inspire them. You know, as cheesy as it sounds, fuck it. I'm an emotional person. You guys know. I've bawled my eyes out on this podcast way too many times. It feels great to know that I help you guys. It feels great. I'm not crying. I just, my nose was runny. (laughs) Oh, don't bark. That's not kind. It's the holiday season. I am excited for Christmas. Uh, No more shows till the end of the year. That's it. I'm not working on New Year's Eve. I did four weekends in a row. In January, I will be at the Spokane Comedy Club, January 17th, 18th, and 19th, I believe it is. Spokane Comedy Club, Spokane, Washington. Does that sound right? Does that sound like an actual place? Um, JessieMay.com for tickets. Those tickets will be up. But I'm going to have so many new locations that I'm going to be touring in next year. Atlanta, Blake Sherman. You're going to see me in Atlanta. Come see me in motherfucking Atlanta. I'm going to be in Key West. I'm going to be in, uh, where else? Uh, where else is new? Um, uh, Vancouver. I will be in Miami. I will be in uh, Utah. I will be in Philly. So many different dates. Those will be up after the first of the year on my website, jessiemay.com. And make sure you come out. Come out and support. We have a good time. The shows are great in San Diego. I really appreciate everybody who came out. And shout out to Leo Flowers, my dear friend, hilarious comedian. He also has a great podcast called Before You Kill Yourself. It's a mental health podcast. Leo Flowers has a master's in psychology. He's also a personal trainer and a really talented comedian. Check his podcast out. Support each other. And maybe if you're going through mental illness, it can help you. Help you deal with your inner demons. We all have inner demons. I have inner and outward demons. My dogs and my niece and nephew are my outward demons. (laughs) I cannot wait to gorge myself this week. I am just going to stuff myself full of food and take naps. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to take naps. I'm going to eat all the food. I'm going to day drink with my mom. I'm going to get high and go to Target in Syracuse. It's just... It's it's the holiday season, and you have to do it right. <laughs> but boy, do I love getting high and going to a Target. You would think you'd spend more money, but y- you just spend more time holding things and thinking about how you could use them, and then you forget why you needed it in the first place, and you just put it back down. But then you end up buying stuff that's, like, really random. You get, like, you know, a cow print footstool, six bags of sweet tarts, and a... Cra- a, a- <laughs> like a car seat for a toddler (laughs) you get useful and completely unnecessary items it's my favorite thing to do I really just love getting high and going into a target it's my happy place it's it's therapy for me it truly truly is therapy for me (laughs) so yeah you guys come see me live this episode is a very 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 important episode it's part one of probably a multiple part podcast interview that I'll be doing. Um, But before we get into it, jessiemay.com for tickets. Please, please consider donating this holiday season, even if it's the littlest amount. Every little bit helps. And during this time of year, people struggle more, I think, emotionally. And depression hits them harder during the holidays. It's a high rate of... um, suicide and things like that so let's let's give back a little bit let's help some people let's let people know they're not alone 
I I love the Hilarity for Charity organization. You guys know I love the Alzheimer's Association. So think about giving back. I even love the Make-A-Wish Foundation, even though Doug Benson said he's not too sure about it. (laughs) I did Doug Benson's show at the uh, American Comedy Club, Doug Loves Movies. And I also did Shane Moss's uh, Psychedelic Scientist and Comedian show, but we were talking about Make-A-Wish Foundation and Doug's like, I don't know. I don't know about it. But I do. I think it's dope. Children need to have a little bit of hope this this time of year and their families need to have a little bit of hope. So check out those three organizations. They're ones that are near and dear to my heart. And we were talking, uh, I mentioned therapy a few moments ago. This episode features one of the most important people in my life, somebody who has really helped me refocus and make a pivot as far as my career goes, as far as my healing and trauma goes, as far as being able to be more present and um, an overall better person. This gentleman has been completely influential in my life and his, his value to um, everything that I do is invaluable. He is just a, a spectacular human. I found him from from Brian Cranston. I had read Brian Cranston's autobiography, which I highly recommend if you guys are interested. Yeah, obviously, you have to care about the person, but Brian Cranston is one of my favorite actors, and he also happens to kind of resemble my dad, which is strange. So that's probably uh, another reason why I follow his career because he kind of reminds me of my dad. <laughs> but Brian Cranston mentioned. This gentleman who I interviewed in his autobiography and he attributed once he started booking gigs to the lessons and the teachings of this individual that I sat down with, had the honor of sitting down with. He is uh, an author. He's an entrepreneur. He's a life coach. That's a triggering word for a lot of you people. You're like, what the fuck is a life coach? Look, most people who have asked me that or have been judgmental, you got a life coach, their life is in complete fucking shambles. <laughs> he will probably be a reoccurring guest on the podcast as often as I can get him and I will make sure to get your questions to him. It's like getting free life advice from somebody who's mastered living and who has helped so many amazing people achieve really wonderful goals in their life. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy my interview with my life coach, your so LA, Mr. Breck Costin. We're here with my life coach, many people's life coach. You're an author, entrepreneur. Yes. Man about the people. Man of the town. Man of the town, <laughs> yes. Mr. Breck Costin. Yeah, nice to see you. Nice to see you of too. Of course, right? I, um, in my home. I'm in your home. Well, my office, actually. The home is in there, but this is it's the It's on the other side of yes. the wall. Right. And um, it's all decorated <laughs> in Christmas decorations. Do you consider yourself a life coach? Is that like what you would title yourself? Yeah, I mean, a lot of people have a problem with that term. People really do. Like, when I told my fans that I was going to be interviewing you, they were like, life coach, that's so L.A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's also pretty universal at this point. Maybe not in Austria or Germany, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, or China, but um, I think it's universal. I mean, I've been doing this for 35 years, so it's... How 
How did you? How old are you? How old are you? I'm like the great grandfather of self-help. You're ageless. Right. You can't, you can never have an age. You have to survive forever. People need you. Yes. I want to, the way I want to die though, is I want to let go. And the, and the secret to life I finally realized is, and then die. Just yes. That's how. You're like, damn it. Revive him. That's how I'd like to go out. Revive him. Right. He's got a DNR. Son of a bitch. Um, Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people, more people have a problem with the term life coach for me, I think. Um, and maybe that's a little bit of arrogance on my, because I think it's about critical thinking and really having an, an understanding of, of uh, what people can't see and don't see and then and providing direction and guidance um, and using s- as many tools as you can from literary, creative, um, ontological, which means kind of the state of being, yeah. um, and, um, and motivation and inspiration and then strategies. So, um, so it really, it's really offers up an en- enormous amount of, variables and tools um but um but but you know uh, people think of life coach could be anything from babysitting to taking a company public and everything in between <laughs> babysitting well i mean a lot of times you know people are life coaches are just saying okay i'm gonna ho- i'm gonna call you up and ask you if you've you right, know, have you met your goals and i'm not providing that service at yeah. all that's i mean i'm i'm pretty expensive so i think you know to hold like just to keep manage someone's goals would be like not a good use of my time yeah and i like i think life coach falls short for me to describe what you do because there's also so much therapy involved with it because essentially what I've learned from being with you is your core issue will permeate every aspect of your life. Yeah. Until you sort of look at look it right in the eye and, and figure out what the issue is and what that underlying thing is for me being trauma, you have to sort of excavate it before you can really succeed in any other avenue. Yeah, I think that, I mean, I, I certainly think that's true. I know. I am. Um, uh, someone asked me, "Well, what's the difference between a therapist and a coach?" Um, and I think a, um, a therapist, obviously, they're credentialed. I don't think you really can credential a coach, even though so many people right. go to these things like li- they go to Coach University and they get credentialed. I-, I mean, I think it's strictly instinctual still, very much. You develop a body of knowledge after uh, after so many years, but but um, so the difference between a therapist, other than credentialed and a body of knowledge, and then you develop instincts. I think a good life coach has to come from a body of experience. Absolutely. You really have to have done enough, failed enough, started enough, created enough. I mean, I've been married three times and I've got the biggest <laughs> I've got the biggest couples counseling practice in this town, I'm sure. Right? <laughs> and people go, Well, why Third time's a charm. <laughs> exactly. Well, why would I why would I come to you? I, I said, Well, I don't know. You have to like answer that question yourself. I just know that I love being married, been with my wife for twenty nine years, twenty five years together. Um, and, um, I just sucked at it. I was so bad at it. I had to figure it out and get it right. Right. Yeah. And, um, and so I think that's the difference between a coach and a great player. Um, a great player doesn't know why he's great. They're just great. Yeah. You know, the coach has to probably loves the game even maybe more than the player and has had to figure out how to be good at it and how to be successful at it. And so that's how I think of myself as a, you know, when I, I, um, uh, counsel couples, right? I've, I've had to really figure out every nuance and every breakdown and every problem because I was so horrible at it. Are there, do you think there's like a handful of issues or people are so dynamic that it's strictly an independent thing? Or do you think there's like 10 or 20 things that constantly occur in relationships? Oh, you mean just in relationships, Yeah, like right? issues-wise with oh, couples. Oh, yeah, they're, you know, they're pretty much, I mean, mostly. That's what's so great. I'll be sitting in here and I'll go, oh, my God. I have exactly the same conversation as this guy, and then the woman is exactly the same as my wife. You know, we're pretty much there's variations on the theme, but the themes are pretty consistent, right? You know, and um, so 
so yeah, so I mean, I, that's one thing I do. So I, you know, so when you talk about the emotional component, which you're talking about the issues, the core issues. Yeah. Sure, there's a strong emotional component. And I usually start with the soil before I get to the seeds. Yeah. I need to kind of check out and excavate and figure out, okay, w- you know, where does this person listen? How does this person listen? What are their protocols? How do they think? How, what are their traumas that have influenced their decisions? Are they in a reactive state? You can be highly productive in a reactive state. just means that it's, there's a finite amount of production to that. It's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to end up backing up on itself at some point. So I'm always looking to see, like, where, you know, w- you know what are the influences? You know, people, places, things that have determined this person and what has made their choices in life before I really start to introduce strategies and creative expressions. And I'm, an, as you said, I, you introduced me, I'm, so I believe in, I can't be asking things of people if I haven't done them myself. Yeah, and you're, right? you have your hands in everything. Yeah, so I'm an entrepreneur. So I've got, you know, a, a number of uh, businesses that I've started and founded. F-Star and Revolution. F-Star Revolution. <laughs> My is favorite. A street, is a street brand that we started. I love it. And we started with a quote that, I mean, I write thousands of quotes and blogs and stuff. So I started the quote, rock, paper, scissors, vagina, vagina always wins. <laughs> Right and it just China hap- always wins, and it just happens to be. I'm, I'm sure people might take you know umbrage to that, but I think that's, you know that's my new that's my slogan. <laughs> yeah, and it's become and now it's gaining an enormous amount of traction and sales are trying. But I told my partner Grace, who's a you know very very successful um, fashion designer and in the fashion industry and 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 merchandiser and beautiful. I, I said, yeah, do not think about this like you how you were at Ralph Lauren or something or introducing you know, the way you introduce a product. You've got to think of this as introducing a conversation and developing a community. I said, so we're going to wait two years. I don't care if there's one sale. So it's an entirely different um, arc. Yeah, and it's a different approach to a quote-unquote apparel line, but it's not if you're starting the conversation. It's like more of a movement. Yeah, it's a movement. And that's what I said. Think of this in an entirely different way, and we've got product that supports the movement, not, you know, the other way around. Yeah. Um, So, and then um, I started a company. I founded a company um, along with three other partners um, called Smarty Pants, which is a a nutraceutical gummy bear. If I could say nutraceutical. Nutraceutical. (laughs) That's a good word. A nutraceutical gummy bear, right? Started for a kid's health and brain development, and now there's like 12 products. It's a very big, it's it's a home run. That's so a great name, so Smarty Pants. I came up with that in like literally like 30 seconds, <laughs> right? I was like going, oh, what about that? And then I go, hey, how about Smarty Pants? And then that became. Yeah. Um, how do you balance all that? Because you're also, you've been writing, you've so, written books, you're yeah, writing I've got a like book. i so many. I've got like four books that are, you know, that I uh, that are all pretty much teed up for this next year. So now it just needs to be published. I had a publishing deal with Putnam for my Absolute Freedom book, um, that, um, but I then didn't want to didn't want to publish what they wanted to so I so I started writing like 15 18 years ago which was my What did you what did you not what was the it issue was, It was like six it was like you know um what are the six steps to freedom right After Right. The, and I, and that's not the way that I work I work much more of in a narrative form and a and a kind of dialogue form yeah. so it can't be so didactic right so linear which just lists and I don't even think like like things don't come into existence that way no they don't it's you know, very messy and it's fluid pivoting and you're pivoting all yep. the time and backtracking going and forward adapting and that's you skipping know. ahead coming yeah. back so so it wasn't an authentic way of um of bringing something into existence and it didn't replicate my work at all so um so i said oh shit i've got to write myself and then i started writing and which was my major in college and it it kind of resurrected something that's really cathartic for me and really wonderful and uh it's become you know meditative and and, uh, and know, what out of a breakdown, it's like kind of out of the ashes. Yeah. You know, shit, I've got to write this myself because I, I can't stand this voice that's, that they want me to write. i got to hear the, the right voice. Yeah. You know, the authentic voice. 
And I said, shit, so I've got to write this. And then I thought it was kind of resistant. And then it ended up being this really wonderful, you know, part meditative, creative expression. Is it the myself. piece, is it what you re you read to me when I was in session with you? Is it a piece of that? I don't know. Your memoir? Oh, yeah. There's a, me there's a memoir. Right. It's a self-help Oh, that's book. right, because it's different. It's a memoir, self-help. Then yep. I've got this book called Core Confusions. Which is, which is, I just feel like I'm constantly confused about. <laughs> which is the essence, which is the essence of, uh, that really is the essence of my work. I've distilled it down into the most simplistic form. So people, so there's a portal, an entry portal for people to get into the work. Right. Like th you say there's four core issues? No, there's, there's not. No, a core confusion is something that replicates itself as something else. It looks like something else, but it has an entirely different effect. What's an example like of that? Arrogance and confidence would be a core confusion. Mm. So everyone has three, two or three, maybe four core confusions. There's right. central core confusions, right? Um, and so arrogance, so if you've got one, you've got the other. If, you, if you've got arrogance, you've got confidence, you've got confidence, you've got arrogance. And why I call it a confusion is because you just think like you're just speaking. You don't have any distinctions like which side of the tracks you're speaking on. You don't know from what core you're talking from? You don't know from? what context you're speaking mm. from. So some people um, think that, they're, um, that they don't know why they're being a repellent in th this time <laughs> and why so they're being really, why they're attracting something some other times, right? So is that where so arrogance is driving and then confidence is driving? Is yeah, it? you get to see like, and then you start to see like, oh, what are the, what are the elements of confidence and what are the elements mm. of arrogance, right? Given that's your core... And you start to err on the positive side because that's more attractive, so more times than not. And then it's no longer confusion, right? Right, because you know it. It's clear. Yeah, it's clear, right? So that's why I started, I call it a core confusion because you're not clear. You don't even know. You just think, well, I'm just speaking. This is just me. And I go, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you're an asshole. How's that? <laughs> what do you think my core confusion is? Um, as long as you've known me. Oh, my goodness. I haven't thought about that. I know, because uh, we've never really gone into no, we that. No, because I don't, I don't normally put that into the, the nomenclature or right. in, into my seminars, right? Yeah. Um, I usually use that. I mean, I put it in a very particular seminar. It's a specific. It's more of like a, it's a different approach. It's, it's a not, different approach, yeah. right, yeah. Um, because you have your Wednesday night right. meetups that I've um, been a part of, but yeah. Um, if you had to... I'm trying to think. It might, it might be, and I don't know, but I don't think this is. I'd have to have my list in front of me. Yeah. Because there's 50 core confusions that I put together. There's more, but those are the four. But, but if, but usually people, like most commonly, there's about four. Yeah. Let me just. I'll give person. you like. I'll give you. I'll give you mine, and I'll go to yours. Yes. So, so obviously, arrogance and confidence is mine, right? <laughs> I and, definitely have that. And arrogance and confidence is also. Um, so, and when, and that's why I do in relationships. You know, I do core connections. So the core confusions, and then there's a core connections. What's and a core connection? A core confusions are the core confusions in in your relationships. So oh. they're called core connections. So, um, so, and it's always dysfunctional. That's dysfunctional chemistry that has us attracted to one another. Do opposites right. always attract? Uh, dis dysfunctions attract more than opposites attract. Whoa. So, so arrogance and confidence. So with my wife, she's got um, critical and direct as a core confusion. So you can see they look Ooh, the same, I right? I definitely have that. They look very similar, right? And you, I think you do have critical oh, and direct, Oh, I definitely right? have that. So when critical is talking to arrogance, it's a oh. it's a bloodbath. <laughs> so and when direct is talking to confidence, it's magic, right? Okay. So so understanding the difference of what, who's talking, you know, and that's that's what sorts out and the, the relationship. You can sort things out that way, and. If someone's head is not up their ass, meaning like let's say confidence is speaking, they can diffuse critical. Wow. So that's how you diffuse, you know, relationships. So Fuck. She, she, I also have intention <laughs> and ambition, 
Yes. And you had that too. Yes. Right? What is it? Inten- intention and ambition. Ooh. Intention comes from within and it's natural expression of you. Ambition is like an outcome like you're trying to prove something. Interesting. So, um, and they look the same, right? So, so, and you have intention and ambition. I think that is one of your core yes. conclusions, right? So, where, um, where would, what, what would be an example of intention and ambition? Like a specific, well, like, I mean, like, maybe approaching you an naturally audition. Have to, well, you naturally have to, to, to create and play and connect. That'd be intention. Like, you right. can't help it be funny, right? Right. A- ambition would be like, you need to be seen as funny. You need to uh. prove something, right? You need to like, you know, and, and it's, you're not really in the present time. You're down the road. Interesting. You know? um, so like when you talk about Chris, right, sometimes <laughs> he'll say like, he's got intention and ambition and his ambition is running too high in their comedy. Yes. You know, so that's right. What, right. Tell that's, he's funny off stage. It's, it's funny off stage. So it doesn't make, so it doesn't make something <laughs> authentic. Right. So. And you talk a lot about. Um, so let me just finish this. Yeah. Out. yeah go so ahead. intention and ambition. And so, uh, so I did, did my first one with my wife, Jennifer. And then, um, and then she's got thoughtful and slow as a, as a core confusion. How does that work? Well, the slow is like, you're slow, like you're not getting things right. And thoughtful is like really smart. Like you consider Like you're things. considering and they things. Lo- but they look so similar, like Whoa. the same, right? So it's a core confusion. You can't see it. So when, when, when <laughs> slow is talking to ambition, oh, it's shit. a total bloodbath. <laughs> I'm like, are you fucking kidding? I don't know if I can swear. You swear. Say, say whatever the fuck I, you are want. Are you fucking kidding me? I mean, I'm going to kill you. I could have written three novels and gotten two Pulitzers <laughs> by the time you get out of bed. Like, can we move this along? So that's <laughs> ambition to slow. And then intention to thoughtful is magic. Right. You know, it's a collaborative and creative and it's got production attached to it. So these are really, these are, re- so for me, the core connections is the, is the core confusions in relationships and in partnerships. Right. How they affect each and other. How, how and how they, they work to each other. They must evolve all the time. It's just a matter of connecting the right ones so that it's a fruitful situation. Yes, well, so situation. You, yeah, you want to always be on the, on the positive side of both. Creating and. Yeah, both sides, right? Yeah. yeah. So. It really says it makes a huge difference in relationships. Well, it makes a huge difference in your personal life, obviously, understanding this. Oh, like absolutely. A, like any distinction, understanding anything. Like, you know, what is it? that uh, the, the Eskimos have like 33 words for snow because their entire <laughs> lives depend on it, right? Yeah. We just have like, you know, white and yellow. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right? Or something. But, but they're but, – and like – and it's like you brought like an African tribesman who understands, you know, ca- brown cows, different different colors of brown. It makes this one's like a calf. This one's about to be, you know, give birth. You know, they understand that. And then if you bring them in here, you know, to the United States, and it's all about cars. Our distinction, though, oh, that's a Prius, that's a Saturn, that's yes. a Ferrari, that's a Bentley. Like our our survival depends on understanding, you know, the expense of cars and what the right. difference. Right you now, so it's like you know, you, uh, so understanding more and having more distinctions in any area, and this is in the area of you know, your own evolution, development, human behavior, pro- productivity, understanding these distinctions makes all the difference. In it your opens a world. Yeah. So that's why, you know, I mean, I can't really consider myself a life coach in that way, like, because I don't think people are thinking in these kinds of critical terms. I really think in terms of let's, f- let's liberate you and free you up first, and then you'll naturally take the right actions and you'll naturally produce. And if you're, are, and are you in the right place doing the right thing? And most people are out of position. What is the most common issue you think with people? Like you say, out of position. Yeah, like I think that that is the most common. They want to be something that they're not. Right? They're not yeah. being realistic they're, about where they th- are. Yeah, they're not true to kind of who they are. Like I'm, Jeff. Like <laughs> <laughs> they don't know him. We don't have to go into it. No, but no, like no, in the situation. Well, I've got hundreds of clients that I yeah. can go through different things where I, you know, we've just subtly changed things. Even in the in the area of uh, their their entrepreneurship, like oh, you shouldn't. Because I, I, this one guy said, I don't understand what the hell it is that you're pitching and what is the business. And then we talked about it, and then we just 
subtly shifted shifted it, you know, and um, and he had already raised money for it, even though I didn't understand how, how he did because I couldn't understand the, the actual product. Right. But we shifted it, and it just then completely, you know, just in terms of a nuance, and then it went through the roof. So it's really about even like these subtle nuances, these subtle changes that like, you know, that could be like, oh, I'm a soap actor, you know, I'm a commercial actor, <laughs> right, rather than I'm just this, this is, you know, I'm just an actor. No, because there's people who are really just brilliant commercial actors. Right. And that's their genius. Exactly. Right, and understanding that rather than I should be a film actor, well, maybe not, you know. Like the Geico lady. Yeah, like the Geico. Or the progressive lady. Yeah, the, the progressive, progressive lady, right? She's you great. Know? Yeah, so it's like really, and it doesn't mean that someone can't aspire to something else. It just means you kind of have to know what your wheelhouse is, really. And, um, and so, you know, people think, oh, well, that's not enough or that's not satisfying enough. And I'm saying, no, if you look at a profession, whatever the profession is, it encompasses all these different qualities and characteristics that someone might have. Right. Right, and that really fits them. Like, how come so many stand-up comedians are have their own series, right? Yeah. It's because they're so immediate and they need immediate feedback. They need feedback, that d- damn feedback, attention. And they need that feedback quickly, yes. right? And they need to be useful because if they're, if they're too much time on their hands, they can get into big trouble. Why right? do you think also but a film actor like can go from like you know months and it's all lifestyle and they can hang out right, right? and they can develop something yeah they could there's sort no of way there's no way a stand-up community can do that no like, you know you need to be like that's why te- television is so perfectly designed for that yeah that rhythm that music so it's really understanding yourself in such a profound way and not apologizing or being ashamed of what you don't have you talk a lot about getting out of your own way yeah i mean i think well i think most people we're most of us are in our own way right in- and and you can tell like in what areas they are in their own way. Right. Like could be in relationships, could be in health, could be in body. Trauma. Like, like I had this guy who's like insanely successful um, businessman, hedge fund guy. But he looks like um, he's like <laughs> five, five. And he's like. And, it's so and tiny. He's tiny. And he's got this fucking massive body. Right. And he goes, I really feel good about what I'm doing. I go, you look kind of stupid. Stupid, right? And I'll say shit like that. I said, I That's said. That's why I love you because you go, say shit like that. You're like you're you're lifting weights like for like ridiculous. He goes, I can lift more weights. I go, yeah, but you should be doing more like aerobics and like thinning out a little bit. You look a little bit too like compact, right? And so people are always picking the wrong exercise even for themselves. Right? They right? don't. They don't. They understand. don't know like oh, and 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 exercise even evolves over time, right? You yeah. Know, like. Oh, you can't be doing the same thing you did when you were twenty-five. No, you, you have be, to evolve. You've got to be looking to see well what work, what makes sense, and what what makes sense for my body, and what can my body actually do. So it, so in terms of whatever the situation, relationship, career, health, craft, sex, you know, your partnerships, all of those are really important to be able to understand: Are you in the right place, doing the right thing? And I also think, and I also look at freedom as kind of my tag word. What do you mean by that? That people are, that they're liberated. They're not engaged. They're not threatened. They're not, a, mm. not reactive. They're not underwater. They really feel free. So I think when you're free, uh, freed up, liberated, you'll you'll be appropriate to the situation, right? Yeah, you'll res- you, you, you really you'll, you'll do. Pick, you'll pick the right thing in the right way. And you'll even enlist other advocates. Like, yeah. Like, I need to know. I mean, I don't, I don't want to spend... 30 years trying to figure this out. I'm going to find someone who's spent 30 years figuring it out and go to them and say, what do you think? Should I, is this, am I in the right place doing the right thing with the right person? And I think that like brings me back to the original thing that I said about people thinking life being, having a life coach is so LA. Well, since I've met you and you've been in my life, it's freed up. I feel so much more 
open and accepting and in the moment and present because you've sort of unlocked these situations, you know, like the one thing you talk about that I think is a, something that uh, is a core teaching of yours is about essence versus identity. No, it's you're close. Tell me. You're close. Didn't quite teach you that lesson yet. <laughs> Not yet, but I mean, no, something it's, you talk about. No, it's, no, you're right. It's essence and behavior. Behavior, yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. An identity is kind of like you think of the identity as like a he, as a headline. If I'm doing this in the kind of self in a self help hierarchy in a yeah. in a modality like an org chart of, of right. self help, you think of identity as kind of the CEO or the headline, and an identity is a way you want to be seen or a way you don't want to be seen. Like I've I've got to be seen as smart, can't be seen as stupid. I've got to be seen as creative, can't be seen as you know not talented. Got to be seen as funny, can't be seen as boring. So many people but, in my industry, this is this yeah. would speak and, to them. And so this so identities are where you watch people reacting all the time. You know, if you say to someone like, hey, you're really stupid. They go, don't call me stupid. They go crazy, right? <laughs> and you say, because their identity is about needing to be smart right. or seen some other way, right? So, um, or, you know, if you say to someone like, you know, yeah, you're, like I said, this one person, she's like, you know, I really thought that I was meant to be beautiful. I go, well, who told you that, first of all, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> said maybe that's not your contribution you know that's and, interesting yeah, right and so identities are a way you want to be seen so when someone says they they hurt my feelings i go mm, probably not they hurt your identity they hate they hurt the way you want to be seen wow you want to be seen in a particular way so you're going to react in a certain way and is essence always different and then so it? and so essence is the truth of who you are right. like you know like your essence, for sure, Jessamay, is, you know, you're creative, you're innovative, you're funny, you're bold, you're courageous, you know, you have, you connect with people, you love people. Those are all your essences, right? right. Your behavior could be like, oh, I'm disorganized, I can't get things done, yes. I, you know, I yes. can't complete things, yes. right? What, so, <laughs> so those are all behaviors, those aren't essences, right? Like smoking cigarettes is a, is a behavior, not an essence. Well, smoking weed. Right, smoking weed is also a behavior, but it's you It's my essence. But <laughs> It's the essence of weed. <laughs> it's o it's oda weed. <laughs> so so um, that's that's um so there's a difference between essences and behaviors, but most people confuse those things. They collapse their essence and their behavior. And I go, no, that's not your essence, that's your behavior. It's like an essence could be, you know, someone's really good at sports or they got great hand eye coordination right. or they're really good with numbers. Those are essences, yeah. right? Behaviors are different. So when I talk about distinguish I'm always working on distinguishing out what someone's not seeing, you know, and whatever it is. So I'm you know, I'm I'm using kind of critical thinking skills to determine, you know, where people are landing, what they're looking at. Are they uh, out of position are they thinking in, in a distorted way and they and people are like well who are you to tell me this shit <laughs> right i'm like look you don't have to listen to me i know it asked you right I'm just offering i it. said <laughs> but if you but if you're paying me a good deal of money right to kind of then i would probably you know consider it right does it is it ever difficult to be in a relationship because you're married is it hard for you to compartmentalize or is it just is it your essence to sort of you know try and find the way to deal with something the most healthy in the most healthy manner like is it hard for you to be in a relationship at doing what you do or is it is it hard to be in an intimate relationship yeah because that's the hardest thing for me i've been married three times is that if you're obviously asking, it's difficult you know that's been the hardest thing that's been really where the core of my work's been done right for some people it's in money it's in career it's yeah. in craft it's in body no for me it's been intimate relationships i mean that's where also my traumas started Right. So it makes sense that they would end up there or show up there. Right. Um, but yeah, that's been that's been the most difficult place, because first of all, I feel like, you know, just like everyone, I feel like 
oh, I completely know what I'm talking about and I'm fully expressed in intimate relationships, <laughs> right? So I've got a totally distorted reality. We all think we right? are. Where, where my wife is like, you're insane. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I remember being at a dinner party and someone, and this is not that long ago. This just shows you that you're always learning and always evolving. I was at this dinner party and, um, and there's about 10 people and um, we're talking about high maintenance people and I'm going, yeah, that person and this person, and I'm going, yeah, you know, I'm really pretty easy, and then and they're like, and everyone like was quite just like it was like you could hear a pin drop, like what? You're not easy at all. You're like one of the most high maintenance people I know, and I'm like, I am. So you know, you're hopefully discovering you know yourself, but that's me in an inspiration. I'm really, I, 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 I literally think someone's fucking with me, right? You know, all the time, all the time. I think that yeah, too. Is that I think, a common? I think someone's fucking with me, and like I'm going, are you? F- are you sure that you're that this is true right and so um i'm certainly much better obviously 29 years down the road three marriages yes um you've learned some things. i've learned some things right but um but is, the, it, is the, that the, a common but, thing for someone who's experienced trauma because i feel that way too i'm like you're fucking with me i think so i think it's a like common on the thing. defense yeah i think you're just defensive right and then right. you're and then you're introducing shit that's not true and creating problems <laughs> oh, and creating so problems right. and that's drama and creativity is a core confusion Drama and creativity. Fuck. Right. Obviously, well, we're figuring out yeah, my yeah. core. <laughs> exactly. We are thinking yours out now. When I'm thinking about it, I'm getting to yours. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that's been that's been really, really, really challenging. Right. And then, so if I said when I when I got married to my wife, I said, I said I'm gonna I, after a really romantic proposal because I'm very romantic. I'm gonna say that. Are you? I am. Yeah. I'm really romantic. We're right? learning so much about each other. <laughs> I'm great at dating. No, dating I'm awesome at. I'm freed up. <laughs> dating I'm all freed up. But as soon as I get married, it's like, it's gone. Like, oh, shit. So, um, so I said at first a, rom- a very romantic proposal. And then the second proposal was now I've got to propose, you know, with the, rea- with the reality. So, you know, I'm on the way to, I, you can be on the cover of Brides magazine. I'm on the cover <laughs> of Prison Today. You need to know. So I'm on, my, but I'm only willing to go to prison for you. Because that's what it's like for me in a, in a relationship. Goes, well, Is why? it? Yeah. She goes, well, why would you do it then? I said, well, first of all, because that's my work, not to mm. go into the, the most difficult situations and to liberate myself. I said, I'm going to decorate my cell. I'm not going to try and do jailbreaks because in every other relationship, I cheated and lied. I did whatever I wanted. Yeah. Right. I said, I'm going to decorate my cell and I'm going to gain more and more understanding, more and more freedom as time goes on. And so it was, you know, it's been a and I said, I'm only willing to do it for you. So it's not like a science experiment. What was it about her? I just, you know, there was, I, I was dating like a crazy person after my second marriage, right? Like, I, I was like paroled, right? <laughs> you know, get me out of here, right? So, um, I, um, I mean, every girl that, I, every woman girl that I went out with, and this is obviously years and years ago, and so I don't even know the dating scene at this point. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's on the cell phones. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's just so, cyber. Yeah, it's cyber, right? So every girl that I went out with, um, woman I went out with, um, they were like, like they were down the road. Like we were married. We had three kids, you know, on the first day. We always do that and shit. I, and I said, hey, I just signed up for this steak and this scotch. I didn't like sign up for anything else, right? And so Jennifer, and I told Jennifer, I said, look, I'm going to be having random sex with tons of people because I just got out. So I can't. Cause when I, you met her? Yeah, because I said, I have, I, I'm crazy about you, but I cannot. I just got out. Yeah. You know, I've been married my entire life. I've been married forever. Right. So I said, I just got out of here, so I cannot go back in. Right. And she was like so understanding. And she was 22 also. So she was so understanding and saying, yeah, I totally understand this. And and, and so. Did I you guys would, remain friends? I would go get laid. No, we were dating. Oh, okay. I'd go get laid with someone else. And then I'd come back. I'd call her after at 11 o'clock at night. And we talked for two hours. And she was so, she knew everything, but she was so freed up and wow. so understanding. So I said, 
I've never met anyone like this. No, especially and a young girl. Yeah, a young girl, and she never lost herself, and she's never abandoned herself in the course of 29 years. Wow. She's always maintained her own integrity and and um, and who she is, but, yeah. but still full of love and life. Those so, people exist. Yeah, so I said, this is like a <laughs> unicorn, so I'm marrying this Seriously, person. Seriously, right? especially as a girl in her 20s? Yeah. and I was, was a fucking mess. I wasn't going to get married again. I wasn't going to have children again, so no. So much for those. She fucked up. So she much. fucked it all up. She did. God knows. Yeah. Right. Now I have children who are like treat me like the worst boss. You're annoying. You're it's ridiculous. Gotta be so I said, hard. I said, excuse me, do you know there are quite people out there who quite think I'm quite, you know, you know, I'm useful kinda, and good. Kinda, and good and, and good yeah, and they're going, You're an idiot. <laughs> it's so humbling. I know. You need that need though. It. You've gotta be humble. Oh yeah, no. So anyway, so that's yeah, so there's um so there's so for me it's always intimate relationships that's yeah. that's been my you know course that's where I've learned the most yeah and um as far as like the trauma thing for people who've experienced trauma what are like what are some behavioral well, people are, well first of all people are always trying to get rid of their traumas right right and that's just a mistake and I don't know if therapy or therapists are doing that necessarily because you can't get rid of any trauma if something happens to you you know it happened to you. There, can, there yeah. is that thing because I've definitely been a therapist in the past where it's about you just got to overcome it. Yeah, and there's you, no, gotta, you gotta overcome it. And there's no way you can overcome it. You can integrate it and you can create with it. But also, what people don't really understand is if you get rid of one thing, you get rid of the other. If you get rid of your greatest liability, if you could, you also get rid of your greatest asset because they're all together. So what you're looking at really is how do I change my relationship to my traumas? Yeah. How do I have trauma rather than they have me? You know how, and it's a different. And for me, everything's about relationship. I when I remember with my kids when they're younger, I wanted to teach them about relationships. I said, I said, you know, the the sun and um, is in direct in direct relationship with the earth, perfectly. If it was too close, we'd burn and you know we'd fry up, up to a crisp. We'd fry, and if it was too far away, we'd freeze to death. It's in it's in perfect relationship for life to exist, right? And I said, and you want to think about that in every area of your life, right? In terms of your body, to your health, to your exercise, and on an ongoing basis, that you're always in the appropriate relationship. And if you're in the appropriate relationship, you'll have you know, this high degree of creativity and production. So um, so that's kind of what my theme is. So that's, so understanding, you know, your relationships in every area that, and this is like, as opposed to um, things have you yes. hold you hostage, right. yeah. you know, that you actually have them. So you have anxiety, like with people who have, who are highly anxious. Yeah. What is that? I have anxiety. I yeah, say that. So if, um, so if people, and you know, anxiety is trying to get control over something you've got no control over. Yes. That's what it is. And it's right? not real. Like well, the things you hear in your head aren't real. No, no. I mean, you know, well, those, no. The, that conversation. Well, no, the noise in your head is never real. Now people think because they've had it, because it's so familiar and it's been there so yes. long and it's so habitual that they listen to it like it's themselves. It's, it, yeah, it, it sounds like truth. But if you but if you know, Jess May, just as you as a stand-up comedian, right, mm -hmm. that you know if you had any noise in your head while you're performing, there's no way you could be effective. Right. You have to be connected yes. and creative, right? I mean, can you imagine if like you're, if you're like a, a singer and you're trying to remember the lyrics? Oh, my God. You I just thought about this past weekend. Yeah. Like, I can't. Uh, some noise started before I went on stage. I'm like, nah. You can't perform like that, and I just shoot it away. Yeah, and and see, that's where people are really successful, because sometimes in their career they have noise, but as soon as someone says action or they go on stage, they're it kicks quiet, in. right? Yep. Kicks in, right? So, I mean, that's how I am with people in seminars in front of people. Is that as soon as you know, as soon as uh, I'm I'm working with someone or coaching or leading or something, you're there. You're I'm there. You're, I'm never, you're present. I never have any noise in my head, and I mean, I could have the most severe traumas like five minutes before. 
and boom, that's all quiet. And I think that's true for anyone who's really in the right place doing the right thing. Or a psychopath. Or, a, or is that no? That's true. <laughs> that's the true. To like or <laughs> murder or, somebody and yes, then go to dinner. Exactly. Or a sociopath. <laughs> that's totally true. Hopefully, we do want to do this as a, in a healthy way, right? We want to do it in a, a healthy not in a way. sociopathic way, right? <laughs> I don't have you for too long, but a couple people had some questions. Oh, they did. Okay. Yeah, I asked my fans. I said, uh, "I'm going to be sitting down with my life coach. Does anybody have any questions?" A uh, one person said. Do you try to look like a Lifetime movie dad on purpose? <laughs> <laughs> I do. Yes. No, uh, <laughs> no. It, that's that's my former profession. What can I? I can't do much about how I look. Oh, uh, this is fun. <laughs> Brian Quick, who is uh, a regular fan of mine, he says life coaches are just snake oil salesmen. Prove me wrong. I think we've already proved you wrong, Brian Quick. But what's a snake oil salesman? Oh, you know, that's like. Well, first of all, he's making really archaic, you know, yeah, references. Like the that's 1990s. A, well, no, that's not the 1990s. That's from the 1850s. Oh shit, that's even you know, longer. Yeah, he's where some covered wagon is. You know, people selling snake oil. <laughs> oh, like, covered, like it's some sort like of a, elixir. Remedy? Yeah, it's a remedy for every right. for anything that ails you. Yeah. Right. Um. So <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know. I know. I, it, it sounds like you might need to make. An appointment. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I hope he he updates his references. How's that? <laughs> Let's start with that. We need you to update your reference, right, Brian. Right. <laughs> Do they make snake oil anymore? I don't even know. Now I need to get some. I, I bet you yeah. it'll spike after right. this. <laughs> if it's good for my skin, I probably would get it. I would get it too. Yeah, I would be totally yeah. roped into that. Uh, yeah, no. Um, Here's a good one. Uh, Kid Kita Rainbow says, "How do you get out of a rut and find your purpose?" Um, first of all, you those have to are two things. Yeah, yeah, there's two different, yeah. two different things. So if um, if you're in a rut, like we have to determine what that rut is, because you want to know the difference between spinning your wheels and actually getting somewhere, mm. right? So yep. so there's there's signs, there's elements, there's like an anatomy to spinning your wheels. Like okay, this is what it would look like if I'm if I'm doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Right. So first of all, we got to know what the rut looks like. I'd have to know what. You know what this what, person, what the, ru- yeah, what the what person determines, what the person is. determines is a rut. I don't right. know. Is she like picking up cigarettes and smoking them? Is she like, you know, is she having? Is she in a relationship that she can't get out of? A is lot of doing- my fans come to me and they say they're in a job they hate, and they're and they don't know. They're afraid to quit or do something new. That seems to be a reoccurring issue with a lot of people when I, you know. Well, I think that's the difference between you know people who are highly successful and the people who are not. Yeah. Because you know if you're gonna if. Th- there's risk and stupidity, another core confusion. Oh, shit. Right? I definitely have that. <laughs> so risk and stupidity. You can't have everyone. I have them all, right. Brack. So risk and stupidity is like, you know, you put everything together. You put all the odds in your favor. You know, you look to, you look to see, like, exactly, um, you know, what, you know, if you're going to do a stunt, you'd put the stunt together in a bridge, and then you'd drive your car. Stupidity is you just drive your car off the bridge <laughs> without, like, setting up the stunt. So so I think the the um, the difference, right, is, is first of all um, – is that, I mean, if I keep doing this job in the same way, I'm going. I it's the conclusions are pretty clear, and that's right. what stupidity is, right? It's it's got a, a finite amount of success. I know exactly where it's going to go. I mean, I'm pretty miserable, right? So as opposed to, you know what? I'm willing to start over. I'm willing to begin and look. You know, maybe talk to someone, look to see like what is it that I'd want to do? What is it that I don't think I can do? Right? You yeah. know, because I'm too old or I'm too this or I'm too down the road. Right. And um, I mean, I've had so many people transition and change their the direction of their lives, but it does take a heroic act. And it does sure. take, like, you know what? I might have to bite the bullet financially for a bit as I begin something else. But if your life is more important than your lifestyle, 
you'll mm. you'll change the direction of something. You'll go, I'm gonna start somewhere and and I mean I did that. I mean yeah. I mean who You were acting. Well I was acting and modeling for like what, I don't know how many years and then Humanoids I Humanoids from the deep. And I'm I getting thought, the goddamn movie poster. And I, and I thought <laughs> and I thought don't, don't promote that show. Then and that and then I thought I know credibility <laughs> spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> credibility spoiler. So, I think it's badass. So who, so, you know, I mean, who would have thought, I mean, this wasn't, there's nothing like this, like 35 years. I mean, they didn't know really. Right. So no. I, I just kind of fell into something and, and it, and it called me. And so when you fall into something, you're in the right place doing the right thing and you need some help with that sometimes. Yes. You, you will not be afraid. You won't, you'll just kind of drive things. You'll be more compelled by the creative expression than the result or the outcome. Or the fear like, of it not working. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, and I've fired lots of people because they're afraid to quit. I wow. said, I know you're afraid to quit because you need to maintain this and this, but I'm telling you, you know, I'm going to fire you and do you a favor. You know, people will hire me to fire people because they're not being effective. Right. <laughs> right? So I said that that's, we've gonna, had conversations. You're going to, I'm sure I got, yeah, we got to go. go. Speaking of getting fired, yeah, we don't yeah. want you to get fired. by your next. <laughs> so, so it's, um, so it's really uh, essential that, that um, I think guidance and saying, you know, getting encouragement for the direction. So you're not doing something completely stupid or something that's never going to work out, right? Right. But, um, but I also think there's some place for some people, right? You might not have the, you know, like everyone thinks, well, I should be, I mean, this country, everyone thinks they should be something, right? Yeah, they do. As opposed to like, well, no, maybe, you know, my satisfaction comes from be doing the right thing at the right time with the right people. Yeah. Right? It's different. Yeah, it is a lot different. Yeah. Well, I will say that since I've worked with you because it is work it's not it's, no no it's requires it's, work yeah. it's work and it requires checking back in and and you know it, holding yourself accountable it's opened all the avenues in my career and my relationship and it's opened my eyes and it's made me a more present better uh more a person who c contributes more so thank you for that oh yeah you're totally welcome i think you're just the greatest you know I, that i, I do am. you are was that is that confidence or arrogance no <laughs> It was, I don't know, but it certainly wasn't. You didn't accept the compliment. Great. I but didn't really. <laughs> but that's all right. No, I appreciate that. It yeah. does mean a lot. Yeah. And um, we're going to have to continue this another time. Yeah, no. Because there's so many other things that we're going to have to get no, to. No, so no, I And I know I, I, can, I can talk people to death. It's a horrible death. So I don't want <laughs> to kill you off with that, right? Well, you're a damn delight, Breck. Thank you, honey. I'll talk to you next time. Okay. Bye. 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 the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.